Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. All right, all right, everybody. How you doing? Uh, we have had a couple weeks off because we were at the Leaders Conference in beautiful Virgin Islands with Colonial, and uh, we, we just uh, cannot say enough good things about what we did there. We'll talk about it here in just a minute, but I am your co-host, Craig Miller, always accompanied by the one and only Mr. TJ McGinnis. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well, Craig, and, and excited to get back, get back on the saddle again and uh, had a great, great Colonial trip. Uh, what was your highlights, Craig, on the trip? Uh, it's always, you know, it's always the people. It doesn't matter if we're where we're at. It's always the people within Colonial that make the trip significant. And, and you know, every year we get to go on those. It's, it's unbelievable to get to go and experience the things that are just once in a lifetime trips every year. And you know, next year we're, they're taking us to Australia as long as we qualify. And, and couldn't be more excited about that once in a lifetime. Um, not excited about the plane flight, but definitely not going to complain about the chance to go to Australia. It's, going to be pretty awesome how about you what was your highlight yeah i would say the people uh meeting the new folks and, and uh carrying on conversations with with uh leaders and and agents that we we typically don't see every every month and and uh the camaraderie and hanging out and having fun and relaxing and putting the phone down for a few days at least and and the craps table man i'm telling you we we, we dominated uh, at times on the craps table, uh, it was a fun. It was a, good, a lot of good team wins on there, and enjoyed ourselves quite a bit. So yeah, I uh, I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you, I was uh, you know they always give that stats of like when LeBron James is on the court and when he's off the court and the difference in the Cavs, right? Yeah. Well, when Katie was gambling with me, I was very very successful. It was like LeBron James was on the court, but when she wasn't, as you saw, it was very very. Uh, it was very bad. It was bad. So I learned I just need to gamble. If I'm going to gamble, yeah. I need to have her next to me. That's that's my good there luck go. charm. There you yep. go. Well, who do yep. we have today, Craig? Hey, man, we have Mr. Davis. Mr. Shane Davis joining us today. How you doing, bud? Hey, I'm fantastic. How are you? Doing real well. Doing real well. Awesome, Shane. Uh, well, we're, we're excited to have you. Shane uh, comes to us from uh, what are you, 17 years of, of industry experience, Shane. This is year 18, but who's counting? 18. 18 and who's counting? Uh, Shane's a RDM with us and started out as an instructor and has had multiple lines of well, multiple lines of coverage. Uh, uh, I would say multiple lines of coverage as well, too, but uh, multiple different roles he's played uh, in, with uh, a competitor of ours. Uh, and I'm really excited. Shane's have, has taught me a lot in this business, has a pretty unique and fun story. So, I'm going to pass it off to you, Shane, and why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I've uh, been in the insurance industry since I was 20, and uh, so yeah, I think you can do the math. I'm 38 now. Uh, married, have a wonderful wife uh, named Bethany, and a uh, very cool dog. No kids. Uh, just two of us and a dog uh, living here in Nashville. But in terms of my, my business story, I, um, you know, I think like most people, I, I don't know too many people who ever aspired to get into the insurance industry when they were in in high school, I was supposed to be a programmer, and I was very fortunate to get a job programming, and I realized that it was a fun hobby, but I just really didn't like sitting in an office alone all day, you know, tracing stray semicolons and, and zeros. So, but the, the nice thing is I was an IT guy for an insurance company, and after about three years of just seeing the, the energy, the enthusiasm, the income opportunity, uh, the trips, 
you know, you don't get stuff like that uh, in IT. And so I made the plunge. I left a really good W-2 job to go out in the field. And that was probably about 2003 and uh, never looked back. Well, that's awesome, Shane. What, what, what a, you know, this is the FUSIC podcast uh, for everyone who said I couldn't. And a lot of times the FUSIC is, is other people saying, you know, I don't think you should do this or, or you're not going to be successful. And a lot of times it's in our mind, us telling ourselves that we can't accomplish something. So uh, in your 18 years of, of being in this industry, can you pinpoint a couple stories or one story in particular that, that you felt like is a perfect FUSIC story for us and share it? Yeah, absolutely. So when I, uh, I was your stereotypical computer guy, and uh, when I told my friends and family I was going to go out into sales, they, uh, they weren't trying to crush my dreams, but they were, and probably rightfully so, saying, are you sure that's the move for you? Um, you're kind of introverted. Um, you don't know anything about sales. You don't really like meeting new people. And uh, you know, having a job where that's all you do all day long, that just might not be what you're wired for. And uh, they weren't saying it to, to crush my dreams. It was more out of love. But uh, I've always kind of had a, an attitude of possibility about things. And I don't mean grandiose. I will probably not cure cancer or save the world. But just I would take a look at things I wanted to do, and I would take a look at people who were already doing it. And you guys probably feel the same way. You, you look around, and you see a bunch of people who are successful. And you, some of them, you look at them, and you say, wow, those people are amazing, and I, I see why they're successful. Uh, others, you have to dig a little bit deeper to see what they're what their magic is. And so I said, well, if there are people out here in the world who are making a good living helping people in the insurance industry, if I know it can be done, then the question is, you know, is it possible for me to do it? And the answer was, you know, yes, it's going to be a lot of hard work, but um, it is possible. And so when I set out into the field, I spent my, you know, my eight to nine hours a day working on the business and then my spare time working on myself. And so I would do things like, you know, just go to a coffee shop without my friends. And that was something that was very intimidating to me at, what, 22, 23 years old. And I figured, hey, if I go to Starbucks, the baristas will be nice to me, and I can get practice just meeting new people. And then it got to the point where I'd hang out, you know, for a couple hours at the coffee shop, and then eventually I would talk to the person sitting next to me. And I just kind of forced myself to break out of my, out of my shell. And so it was a very painful experience, but it was absolutely worthwhile. They say that life begins when you... Get out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. I love, that, I love that quote, and that's, that's pretty cool that you started small and just said, hey, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to get to A before I go to B and then B before I go to C, and, and it's pretty neat just to watch, you know, think about the fact that as good as you are now and, and the things that you're doing and the, the success that you've had in this industry now and to think that you started off by going to Starbucks to get the courage to talk to somebody next to you, that's, that's pretty cool to think about. <laughs> so, so what was going through your mind, Shane? when you were doing that? Because there's got to be a lot of anxiety, a lot of different things uh, when you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, I, I really want to get out of my comfort zone and start talking to people. What, are, what, were, what were the voices telling you in your head? Well, I literally made a list of the qualities I thought were required to be successful in outside sales, and I, I checked off the ones that I felt I had. And I circled the ones that I felt I didn't, and then I just asked myself, if I work really hard at it, can I obtain some of these personality traits? And the answer was yes. And so um, that show Fear Factor, I've never really watched it. Um, yeah. But I do remember seeing a, a documentary about, um, you know, if people are afraid of spiders, you know, what do they do? They, they put a yep. spider in your hand. And then they put a bigger spider in your hand. And pretty soon, nope. 
you know, you've got spiders all over you and you're fine with it. And I figured, well, if that process works, then I guess my answer is I just need to go just start talking to strangers at a very rapid pace and do it until it doesn't scare me anymore. Well, what, so, what were some of those qual- qualities? Uh, a lot of the ones that you would expect, you know, business acumen, um, yeah. communication skills, uh, confidence, strategic thinking. So the, the nice thing was I, I didn't, I wasn't prepping to get into sales when I was in IT, but I, I did sort of accidentally build the skill set of taking something very complicated and explaining it to someone in very simple terms and explaining it to them in the value of what this means to you and your business. And so I couldn't go to my boss and say, I need $10,000 for an email server and just leave it at that. I had to explain to her what an email server is. And uh, I know it sounds weird to think about, but this is is back in 2000. And uh, a lot of business people, let alone most people, just didn't even have a basic Hotmail account. And so trying to communicate to someone why it's worth that investment to make a website and get, get up on the email I think those that actually became a crossover skill when it came to consulting business owners about their about their benefits. You know, so saying if I was obviously I'm the least technologically advanced person you'll probably ever meet in the industry, and so you're telling me if I ever wanted to pursue a career in technology, that I would need to first be allowed to touch the printer in the office, and then <laughs> that would be step one. <laughs> step one would be allowed to. Hey, this is how you send an email from the printer. This is how you change the eating cartridge. This is how you do that kind of stuff. All right, I'm just making sure. If I ever, ha- if I ever need to go down that path, I'll, I'll start it off with baby steps. Right, right. For there sure, you go. For sure. <laughs> that's 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 a really cool story, man. To really think about, you know, the fact that you had the self awareness to sit down and and do that. You know, TJ and I are going through a um, a, a class right now. I guess we're saying our development program where we're working with Kathleen Jakes, who is just phenomenal. She basically just kicks our ass once a month for about an hour and a mm-hmm. half and, and awesome. just challenges us, and it's, it's great. And just the development of who we are has been awesome through that. But one of the things that we're doing now is we've had to send out this questionnaire, 75 question, you know, questions questionnaire to everybody on our direct team. So all, all the territories that we work with, um, all the core team members, all the territory managers, and then we also had to select some DGAs and ADMs to send that out to. And basically, it's just questions about us. So it's going to be very, very, and I'm excited about the, the self-awareness, you know, because we always think certain things about ourselves. But I like, I'm like i interested to see what other people think um, about it as well. And, and I think that the fact that you had the self-awareness to kind of go, hey, these are the qualities I need to improve on. Did you ever seek advice from other people um, to say, hey, if you could tell me areas I need to improve on? And if, and if you did seek advice, how did you do that? How did you approach that conversation and, and how did that look? You know, I sought counsel from a lot of people, but that was more on the, the business strategy side. Um, I, I learned that, you know, a, a lot of people I knew were very outgoing. And so their advice, while true, was not very actionable. Um, when you ask an outgoing person, how do I break out of my shell? And they say, hey, just be yourself. Um, right. It's like, cool, but um, myself is freaking out right now. And I need to, <laughs> I need to fix that. So, uh, so I can't say I got a lot of counsel on that, but I, I will say that... Um, that thinking back to it, I can't think of any time anyone was ever mean to me. You know, it was all completely in my in my head. Sure, there's strangers that don't necessarily want to talk to you in the grocery store when they're standing behind you, but no one ever said, get out of the way and leave me alone. You know, so it's yeah, it, we build up these fears in our head of things that aren't really real to begin with. You, you've, uh, during your sales classes, which I will add 
in my opinion, are one of the best, if not the best, uh, sales classes that I've seen from your ability to just what you were talking about. Take a situation going out and doing drops and and turning it into a conversation with somebody around. Okay, it's just like eating a hamburger. You know what I mean? And however you do that, because I, I can't do that. You use real life situations that make people understand and, and makes things click easier uh, when talking about a, a subject or a topic. Uh, your ability to do that is 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 top of the line, Shane. Well, uh, thank you. And I believe it comes from a, the what you were saying earlier around your qualities, and then you're learning how to get out of your comfort zone. Um, so kudos to you on that, buddy. I appreciate that. I think especially when it comes to, well, sales, but leadership is also sales, um, and, and so is training. You know, half of training an adult is, uh, is, in my opinion, is convincing them that what you're teaching them to do is correct. And so anytime you can use, you know, analogies, metaphors, similes, they kind of cut through your logic center and, and, and tickle the right side of your brain. And so whether it comes to using a, analogies and examples to make a sale or to explain a concept that might be kind of confusing to a brand new salesperson, I think just conceptually uh, developing the skill of linking disparate experiences together is a very valuable one. Yeah. I, I, I read about the, uh, when uh, the CEO of Apple was looking to recruit uh, the CEO or the president of Coca-Cola uh, to come work with them, and they, they went back and forth for a year. And uh, the gentleman who worked at Coca-Cola said, I'm making a great living. I have a great product. Coca-Cola is not going away. Why would I want to change jobs? Everything's fine. And eventually the CEO of Apple said, okay, well, do you want to keep selling sugar water or do you want to come with me and change the world? And after yeah, a year is. of debate, that yep. one question just cut through all of it right there. Right. It's just like when, you know, when Simon Sinek talks about that. He talks yeah, about the, the difference in a commercial, like when Dell comes out with computer or TVs, and they talk about all the things that this TV can do, blah, blah, blah. And then when Apple comes out with it, people don't care. It's just that it's an Apple product, and they believe that it's changing the world. And it's like you have, and their, and their motto was, you can have the world at your fingertips. Right. And the idea of having the world at your fingertips versus all the cool features of what this new TV or new you know, cell phone could do, they were like, I don't understand that because it was so far stretched that they couldn't get it. But when they just said, you can have the world at your fingertips, it was like, oh, well, that sounds exciting. I'm going to do that. Even though they were doing the exact same thing, it was all about how it was approached and marketed. It was Absolutely. So smart. So smart. So saying if, if you could give advice and, um, you know, looking back to a 22-year-old, you know, saying, what, what's the one piece of advice you would give to them? Looking back, I would say, um, well, there, there's, I know you asked for one. I've got a couple things that come to mind. Um, one is I, I was mentally prepared for the notion that someone could have a bad day on Tuesday and be unmotivated on Wednesday. Uh, when that happened, I was, I was prepared for that. What I was not prepared for was that someone can have a great day on Tuesday and then not be motivated Wednesday. And that, that blew my such mind. That's a good point. And wow. so um, going back, I, I would say, you know, put a stronger focus on not what we think is going to happen tomorrow or what happened yesterday, but what are we doing today? Because if you made a lot of money yesterday, we still got to make our drops today. Um, if you got kicked in the teeth yesterday, we still have to make our drops today. And when we started, we would continue to business plan, but when every conversation on a daily basis was, are we doing what we need to do today? 
then the results always came. Yep. So, so that would be that would so be the Shane, biggest. What was that's perfect, Shane? I got a question to that. So if you if you're a leader and you're trying to coach an agent who had a great Tuesday and then Wednesday they had a horrible day, how do you, which, what advice are you giving them to help coach them through that tough time? If they had a good day the yesterday, up, the, or you know, let's just say they had a good day on Tuesday, and today on Wednesday, today's well, today's Thursday. Let's just say they had a good day on. Wednesday, and then on Thursday today, they're starting off having a bad day, and they're kind of doing this up and down, up and down. As a leader, what, what advice can you give somebody to coach them uh, through their agents who's having those tough times? Well, there's a great book I just finished reading called Fanatical Prospecting, and I definitely recommend it, but you can really read the first paragraph, and if you just pick up on that, then the rest of the book is just reinforcing it. Um, in the fanatical prospecting, they said the difference is that fanatical prospectors prospect even when they don't feel like it. And let's be honest, we usually don't yeah. feel like it. And so having a great day yesterday, that's awesome. Uh, let's run off that momentum, but nothing changes the fact that you still need to make your 150 phone calls or your 32 drops or whatever that, that mathematical number is. And so to me, it was always about putting an activity goal um, it's good to have appointment setting goals, but the activity goal allows you to to push hard and, and say, okay, I'm not motivated, but I have to make 150 calls and call 125. You know, you're, someone lights you up and you're, you're mad and you don't want to make that next dial, but you can tell yourself, all right, 25 more and then I'm done. And then we're just going to go do it again tomorrow. And if I get more appointments today, cool. If not, at least I know it's not because I didn't put the effort in. Yeah. That's good. That's that's it. solid. I like that consistency. And that's Craig, that's something that you always preach and and, and speak about is consistency every single day. Yep. Uh, consistency creates there. momentum, man. Yes, repeating yourself. Uh, well, well I go ahead, yep. Craig. No, go, you got it, TJ. Uh, I was just gonna say, uh, one of the bigger thing one of the great things uh, about you also is your humility. And uh, we had a couple conversations, not a couple, quite a bit of conversations around one of your role models, not maybe per se of his, the way he presents himself, but just his interviewing skills and his, his personal skills when he talks to people is Howard Stern. And I happen to feel the same way that he is arguably the best interviewer of our generation, of how he gets people to, to say things that a normal interviewer will not be able to get. Um, if you could touch touch a little bit about what you've learned from him on on how he how he gets people to to open up and talk and and what he how he's able to do that. Sure, I think that's a, that's a huge point on on humility. Yeah. So for the listeners who are not Howard Stern fans, please set aside uh, all the controversial stuff he says or does. Yes, um, exactly. Same thing. Th- this is this is purely about his ability to get people to open up, and, and a big part of it, and a big part of why I enjoyed his show, especially as a when I was going through this process of trying to redefine the way I look at the world, he would go on the air and he would say things like, you know, I got into a fight with my wife last night and things aren't going well. And he would just really bare his soul to the audience. And it was probably very therapeutic for him. But for me, you know, when you see someone who's extremely successful and you did not see them when they were young growing up, it's easy to say, okay, well, they just, they were an overnight success and and who they are now is who they always were. And so hearing someone who's really successful be willing to admit the mistakes that they've made and not, not beat themselves up over it, but be honest about it, um, I, that, that seemed like a very empowering concept to me. And so 
You're right, TJ. He is probably the best interviewer because before he asks you all your deepest, darkest secrets, he'll tell you all of his. And then just out of, a, I don't know, social courtesy, people feel the need to return the, the gesture. Yes. And I think it's, it's, that's a huge concept and sometimes missed a lot, uh, especially in speaking and uh, every, in our sales arena. We have, everyone has egos. And uh, I feel like it's super important to drop your guard down before you, that you have the people that you're trying to lead, a coach or talk to, drop their guard down. Absolutely. Um, and a lot so. of times we, we try to show our, our teams, whether it's conscious or not, you know, how good we are. Right. And then the reality is they need to see that we lose too. And it took right. me a, a couple That's of years exactly before. Right. I, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's nothing, no better lesson than to go out in the field and make drops with someone and, and have someone – uh, not the rep, but the, the gatekeeper or, or someone shut you down, give you an objection you can't overcome, and then they learn from you the way that you handle it. You say, well, I said the best thing. It didn't work today. Let's move on. And uh, don't complain about it. Don't let it get you down. But do admit that, that you fail as often or more often than you succeed, just like they do. That's right. I love it. Whenever you can relate to somebody, that's always you know a better way to get communication through to them. So uh, I love that idea. Shane, this has been great, man. Um, any Anything else you'd like to add to anybody listening out there? Any advice, anything you'd like to put out there just, you know, that you want anybody to hear? I would say if you, if you approach the world, just life in general, I was actually talking to someone the other day about this, that that cold calling and, and going out and making the, the approaches really helps every other aspect of your life because um, – going after things and saying, well, what if it's possible that we could have this? So for example, there's a new restaurant that pops up in Nashville and, and, and I tell my friends, Hey, let's go check out this hip new restaurant downtown. It just opened yesterday. And they say, well, we're never going to get in. It's brand new. And I say, well, let's just try. And we might not get in, but can we just try? And you make a phone call and they say, yeah, we have room. Come on down. So it's just having that, that mentality of things may not be possible, but let's, let's go check it out first before we decide that it, that it can't be done. Um, What's and, the worst that can happen? They can tell you no. Mm-hmm. And which, right in the same spot you're in now. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. Well, thank you, buddy. Hey, where can the uh, listeners find you? Uh, I am on uh, LinkedIn. I think I'm on Twitter, but I, I'm a poor Twitter user. So best way to find me would be on LinkedIn, and that's uh, Shane Davison with one D, D-A-V-I-S-O-N. All right, man. And I am Craig Miller. Go to our Fusic.us website if you want any Fusic gear, represent it. Um, you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. And uh, TJ, how about you? Same thing, Craig. LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and on our Fusic uh, email. Uh, looking forward till next time. Thank you so much, Shane. This has been a great uh, eye-opener for the listeners. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a good one, everybody. Fusic, a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't.